here's what we typically do, Shelby, is that package costs five grand. So if they want to just have me design their package, it's five grand. But if they'll list the property on the back end with me for a 6% co-broke, you know, 6% total commission, then I'll actually credit them the $5,000 at closing. And so what I do is I take a three and a half percent commission. I give the buyer's agent two and a half percent and I take five grand and give it back to the client at closing. And uh, everybody makes money and we're all happy and go home and try to find another property to flip. Welcome back, real estate rock stars. I am Shelby Johnson, and I am here today with Jordan Smith. And listeners, this one is for you. If you are interested in learning how to be a listing agent for fix and flip investors, because Jordan specializes in helping other people make money by turning ugly houses into pretty houses. He is out of, yeah, the Charlotte, (laughs) North Carolina area. He is a solo agent and has closed 58 transactions for a total of 17 million in volume. And um, yeah, dude, thank you so much for showing up today. I'm so excited to talk to you. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. So of course I want to bring it back. I'm like, I want to know how, why real estate, how'd you get into it? So, so let's rewind all the journey and then hit play. Perfect. Yeah. So to try to make a very long story, extremely short, uh, real estate is, is a third career for me. So I was pre-med in college and didn't get into med school. And I was like, Oh, what do I do now? So <laughs> I worked, uh, in medical device sales for a little while, uh, and then was actually involved with a multi-site church as a pastor and then got out of that in 2019 and really got into real estate as an investor, not an agent. So, uh, 2019, my wife basically said, Hey, I'm tired of you talking about flipping houses. You either have to do one or shut up. And I said, yes, ma'am. And uh, so started looking for my very first fix and flip. And that rolled us into 2020. Um, I was still looking for my first deal. And then COVID shut everything down. And um, I was working a nine to five just to kind of pay the bills. My wife stays home with our kids. And I was sitting at home. I was furloughed with work and decided to get my real estate license, really just to save money on flips. I knew we were going to do fix and flips. I knew that if I got licensed as an agent, that that would save us 3% on the front end. Um, and so I did all my licensing, uh, courses and took my exam, uh, and passed my real estate exam and bought my, uh, went under contract on my first flip in November of 2020. And, um, you know, when I got licensed, I was like, man, I would probably be a really good real estate agent, uh, because I understand the housing market. I understand construction, you know, fix and flip investment world. Uh, but I was a little bit scared to, Got to take the take the leap of faith. I had a nine to five that was paying insurance and benefits and all that fun stuff. And uh, and so when I got licensed, I told my wife in January of 2021, I said, hey, hon, I'm going to do if I can close a deal a month at, you know, median purchase price of like two seventy five, which was at that time, like really reasonable in in our market. If I can close one deal a month for six months, I'm going to quit my job. And she said, "Okay," And I was like, oh, crap. There, there goes the safety net. Game on. <laughs> yeah, like, uh-oh. And so uh, January of 2021 hit, and I had nothing under contract. And it's very hard to close a deal in January if you don't have it under contract in January. And I kind of panicked and uh, ended up, the stars aligned, and I got connected with an investor in my market who actually needed somebody to list a wholesale deal on the MLS. And we closed it January the 29th, and that was my first deal and uh, hadn't looked back since. Nothing like that time crunch, dude. That's 
that's really good timing. And normally yeah. they don't close that fast. They so do not. Yeah, the stars really did align to get you out of that ability to quit the job and go full time into real estate. Um, question. So you mentioned how you already had an understanding of like the investor world and fix and flipping. You said construction too. So yep. where did you learn about that stuff? Yeah, so uh, I never grew up swinging a hammer. Uh, you know, we, uh, my wife and I, when we relocated back, uh, I'm actually, you said Charlotte, I'm in the Charlotte metro market. We actually live over the state line in South Carolina in a, in a town called Rock Hill. And that was actually home for me. I grew up there, uh, born and raised, moved away for college, you know, worked, uh, you know, in another part of the state for a little while. And then we moved back in 2017. And when we did that, we bought a, a fixer upper that re had really good bones, but uh, it was just super dated. And so I tell everybody between YouTube and Pinterest, I just kind of figured it out and uh, went to work remodeling our own home and learned a lot about design and renovations and the construction process and all that. And so that was kind of what fueled my passion for fix and flips was the I'm the design guy. Right. So um, I don't love necessarily the the metrics of the deal or like hunting for the deal. Uh, but if you can give me a house, I can kind of reimagine what it would look like on the other side. It's that's my, my superpower. And, uh, and so, so yeah, so I really am self-taught, uh, learned all of that. And then as far as the investment world, just a lot of YouTube university, right. Listening to a lot of podcasts, just like this, uh, listen to a lot of investment podcasts, bigger pockets, you know, blogs, all of that stuff, uh, YouTube videos, and, and just learning uh, about the investment world. Yeah, that's one of the things that I absolutely love about like the world we live in now is the fact that you can find information on pretty much anything on the it's internet. Crazy. Like you can, yeah, like the amount of self education. And so, like, if anyone's like, "Oh, I don't know how to do that," literally YouTube, literally yeah. Google. And you said Pinterest, which is one I hadn't thought of. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, it's funny, Shelby, like, you know, uh, I, there's a lot of correlations, I think, between the investment world and the real estate agent world. And and for whatever reason, agents and investors think of each other as like mortal enemies, right? Like, you know, I, it's crazy to me, but like, you know, investors think realtors, you know, just make 3% and they don't do anything. And realtors think investors are like shady and cutting corners. And, and that may be true in extreme circumstances, right? But the majority of, of investors and agents, if they could just play nice, they would have a really symbiotic relationship. And um, it, it's just, it's crazy how many agents and also investors just won't put the hours in to learn their craft. Right. And right. I think, especially with the amount of information, the wealth of knowledge that's available to us today, like you said, you know, on, on the internet, on YouTube podcasts, I mean, this, this podcast that I'm on right now, was a podcast I listened to when I first became licensed. I was, I was working a job and I would be, I would, I was, I worked super early in the morning. And so I would put my AirPods in and I'm like pounding through real estate rockstar podcasts while I'm working uh, at my job, trying to hone my craft, trying to learn about real estate as an agent so that I could be successful. And there's just no excuse, I think, in 2023 to not be great at your craft because you have the tools at, at your disposal. 
Absolutely agree. Okay, so you did a lot of self-study to learn about, you know, the design side, flipping and fell in love with that process. And then you're, you know, on a personal level for your own investments. And your first deal was with a wholesaler. So can you take us through from that first deal and how you got into where you are now, which is like you are the listing agent for flippers? Yep. Yeah. So, um, so my very first investor that took a shot on me was, was a guy named Wes Knight. He's uh, my best friend to this day. Uh, I was actually hanging out with him earlier before I came to record this. Um, and you know, Wes and I actually connected through social. I, I had tried to build a brand for myself on social media in the area as an agent who knew investment, who knew the fix and flip world. And I was kind of taking people through a journey of my first fix and flip. And, uh, and really tried to brand myself as that. And so Wes and I just kind of had mutual respect for each other because he was in the wholesale world. I was in the fix and flip world and we got connected that way. And then it, it really just kind of took off. And he was the catalyst, uh, because he also carries a lot of, a lot of weight in the investor world in Charlotte. He was kind of the catalyst for me. He, he opened the door for me to, to really get embedded into that, um, into that market, into that community. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've done everything from lists you know, listed wholesale stuff on the, on the MLS. We're getting ready to list a, uh, a, a, a lease option on the MLS. Uh, we've done obviously fix and flips on the MLS, buy and hold all of that stuff. Uh, and it's because I've taken the time to learn as an investor and as, and as an agent, what options are out there. Right. I mean, I've, I've got an incredible brokerage, but by far I'm the most knowledgeable in the investment space, even brokers, who've been, you know, who've been licensed for 30 years, haven't ever come across the things that I've come across in the three years I've been doing this just because they're not putting themselves in those situations. And so uh, it's been a wild ride. I mean, we started listing wholesale stuff on the MLS. We started uh, finding fix and flips off of the MLS. There was a period where I did some consulting uh, when I had some investors who were selling a bunch of stuff off market to to all the institutional buyers when all of that was happening, uh, kind of in the heyday of the market. And I've just kind of gotten exposed to so much in the investment space that I feel like now most investors in in our market at least know who I am. Um, And so really what I've done is I've taken my passion for design and I've taken the design that I've done on my personal flips and then the design that I've partnered with other investors on and really tried to market that as an opportunity for investors to, you know, really gain maximum return on their investment. I mean, I, you invest as well. I don't know if you do fix and flips. I know you've done some burrs and, and that kind of stuff, but a lot of investors don't know about design and they, and it's a, it's a thorn in their side, right? Like they just go to Lowe's and they buy whatever's on the shelf and they put it in their house. And so their flip looks like everybody else's flip and it, there's no differentiation there. Everything's agreeable gray walls and brush nickel, you know, uh, we call them boob light fixtures, the, the flush mount light fixtures, you know, know exactly and, what you're talking about. Uh, yep. <laughs> you know, level, level one granite, you know, I mean, you've seen it, right. And, and so we try to do, uh, we try to put really high end finishes that aren't expensive. They just look really high end uh, in these houses to make them pop, to make them stand out against the competition, to drive a premium price point. And um, that's, that's my pitch kind of to, to my investors is like, Hey, if you let me design your flip, I promise you it's going to look better than if you design your flip and then we can make we can all make more money. So
Real quick, before we get back to the episode, two things I wanted to share. First, thank you so much for tuning in week after week. It really means the world to all of us. Second, we feel like we're just getting started. If you enjoy what we do here, please follow us on this app, share an episode, or give us a quick review. I promise we're working hard behind the scenes to make this show as good as possible now and into the future. Thanks, guys. Back to the show. Okay, so I'm an investor yep. now, and I um, I'm, I'm ha- maybe I have the deal already. Actually, let's let's turn this around. Okay, can you walk me through what it would look like? Let's say because you're not finding the deals for these people, right? Uh, sometimes, but 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 okay. a lot of times they're finding them off market from wholesalers, or uh, you know they're going direct to seller on something. They'll get it under contract and buy it that way. Yeah, so sometimes okay. I'm finding the deal, but not always. Yep. So at what point, hypothetically, you didn't find the deal, they got it off market. Where do you come in and what do you do? Yeah, great question. So if, if when they close, uh, typically what I try to get them to do is, is to reach out to me during their, their due diligence period, during their contract period. And if we can kind of line up when they're going to close, you know, because again, you're an investor, so you get it. All of these folks want to move at the speed of light, right? Like they want to move as fast as humanly possible because time is money. And so the more time you hold a property, the more holding costs you pay, the less profit you get. So um, if the, the most recent one I did, I was I walked the property actually during the due diligence period. And that's uh, that's for a premium investor that I do a lot of business with. Typically, if it's like a first time investor that I'm working with or this is the first time they've contracted me in, I tell them, hey, on the day of closing, you know, let's set a time after you close where you can get in the house and I'll meet you over there. And the investor has to meet me and their general contractor has to meet me. And the reason their general contractor has to meet me is because I'm not a general contractor. So I can have all these great ideas about moving walls and putting a kitchen over here and flipping this bathroom around. But if that's not in there, you know, if that's if that's not feasible from a structural standpoint or from their from their scope of work budget standpoint, uh, then we got problems. Right. So I, I make their general contractor be there with us so we can walk through. And then I walk through the house. We talk through kind of their scope of work, what they're planning to do, uh, take notes, take measurements, photos, all of that stuff. And then, and then I go back after, after I leave that site visit and I put together a comprehensive design plan, exterior and interior of the house. It's going to give them paint colors. It's going to give them light fixtures. It's going to give them flooring, uh, faucets, tile selections. And then it gets really granular. Hang, you know, hang this light 36 inches above the countertop. Lay this tile in a herringbone pattern. Use this color grout. And it's going to give them a full design plan. It gives them mood boards so that they can see visually what everything looks like together. And then it gives them a purchase list. So it gives them an Excel spreadsheet that they can literally click through. And here's the link to this, you know, to this doorknob. And you need four of them. And they click the Amazon link and add it to their cart. And then I send all of that to them. So I'm not ordering anything for them. Uh, I'm not responsible for getting the materials on site. I'm not even responsible for installing the materials correctly. I've specified how it should go. That's on their contractors to implement the plan. And um, I, if if it's a if it's like a super high price point flip, or if they really need some additional help, I'll potentially go over there once all the deliveries get delivered and make sure we're placing things in the right room so that. The dining chandelier doesn't get installed in the living room and vice versa, right? Uh, but I do all of that for them. So I'm paint colors, paint sheens, uh, oh my gosh, style of, style of trim, style of interior doors, uh, inspiration picture for what the columns on the porch should look like. I mean, it's pretty detailed. It's I try to make it as idiot proof as. Here's what we typically do, Shelby: is 
that package costs five grand. So if they want to just have me design their package, it's five grand. But if they'll list the property on the back end with me for a 6% co-broke, you know, 6% total commission, then I'll actually credit them the $5,000 at closing. And so what I do is I take a three and a half percent commission. I give the buyer's agent two and a half percent and I take five grand and give it back to the client at closing. And uh, everybody makes money and we're all happy and go home and try to find another property to flip. Damn. Okay. So with that five grand, are you, I have so many questions. I was like typing the whole time. Yeah. Also, can we get some sort of example, maybe like a past package you've sent or maybe a copy Absolutely. of the Excel spreadsheet? Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, we can do that Listen, for sure. Listeners, when we get this from Jordan, which is right after we hit done with this recording, we are going to upload it into realestaterockstarsnetwork.com, the toolbox. So make sure you go there and get that. I'm super excited to freaking read that. Yep. Um, but okay, question on, you said it's $5,000 for the package, but yep. if you list with you on the back end for 6%, yep. then are you collecting that five grand up front and then releasing it upon closing or what does that look like i am and the reason i'm doing that is because uh you know we've all everybody's been burned right so what i don't want to do is design an entire home because these really are really specific designs to the home right when i when i design a home there's a lot that goes into it and i don't know how granular you want to get on this but uh you know when you design a property you have to design you have to take a couple things into consideration right you have to take into consideration into consideration the geography of the home um, so again, we'll talk Charlotte specific cause I know you're in this market. What's going to sell in like Kings mountain is not going to sell in Cornelius on Lake Norman, right? There is a different kind of vibe, right? So, uh, you know, this kind of more rural area may be like modern farmhouse may just like kill it there. Right. Uh, we're doing a house right now, a lakefront house, uh, in Cornelius and it's like super modern, all black exterior, uh, really cool tile package, all of that stuff, right? So just different geography, uh, you know, uh, equates different design. Then you've also got to design for the architecture of the house, right? So uh, um, a super traditional exterior of a home is not going to, you can't make it like Miami modern on the inside because it's just not going to vibe with the outside of the house. So you got to design for the architecture. And then the last thing you got to do is you got to design for the avatar, the person who's going to end up buying the house, right? So the the property we're doing in Cornelius, it's small. It's three bed, two and a half bath. It's only like 18, 17, 1800 square feet. And all the bedrooms are upstairs. So I know for a fact it's lakefront, but I know for a fact that the person that's going to buy it is likely going to be either a bachelor or a bachelorette who wants to get on the lake or a young married couple because there's no bedrooms downstairs for an older couple who is kind of downsizing, right? So because of that, we're putting a party room on the back on the back of the house adjacent to the deck that has like a flip up window with a concrete bar in it. You're going to be able to come in off the boat, like sit there, have drinks, watch TV on Saturday morning, watch college game day. And it's going to be freaking awesome. But if a 70 year old person buys that house, they're probably not going to use that room very effectively. Right. So we're able to design because we know kind of the avatar of who's going to, of who's going to um, buy the house. So all that to say, the designs are, are really specific to the property. And so I have them pay me on the front end because I'm not going to do all the work and then not get the listing. Right. Uh, even if we sign a listing Absolutely. agreement or whatever, right. I'm not going to do all this work and then get hosed at the, at the finish line. So I, I want them to have some skin in the game. Uh, and, and I want them to pay me on the front end for the work. And then if they decide to go the route that of, of letting me list it, 
which is kind of a no brainer in my opinion. Like you're going to pay somebody to list it anyway. You might as well let me list it. It's going to, you know, you get designed for free. Um, then I give them the money back. But if they've got, uh, if they've already got something lined up, I, I had a conversation with a, a girl last week and the agent that brought her the house, brought her the house with the premise of they were going to list it once she flipped it. Right. So I said, I don't want to take any listings from anybody, but we can just do the design package, but here's the fee and here's what that includes. A quick word on our toolbox. We know it can be overwhelming thinking about all of the systems you want to build into your business. And that is why we ask guests to submit their favorite checklist, template, or tracker so you don't have to build from the ground up. Go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com and click toolbox for your free access. Thanks so much. Yeah, I feel like this is a great deal for any of the clients that you're working with because... I don't know. Like if I'm doing all this, I, I don't think I'm giving it all back at close. I think that maybe we reimburse some, not the because it's it's six percent. I mean, of course, there is no standard commission sure, charge, sure, but sure, like sure. you know, in the world of real estate, that's why I'm pretty normal. Well, you know? and that and that's where you know, I, again, I take three and a half instead of three, right? So instead of splitting it fifty fifty, I'm going to take a little bit more. Um, you know, and I'm happy sure. to I'm happy to have those conversations with the buyers agents if somebody gets frustrated. Like I can, I've I've been able to navigate that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it seems like a really good deal to me too. I, w- I would totally agree with you. I, I think it's, uh, again, kind of a no brainer, right? Because the reality of the situation Absolutely. is either you don't like to design and don't know how to, and it's a huge pain in your behind, or if you're a high functioning uh, investor, like that's not the highest and best use of your time. So if you can offload that to somebody else and you can focus on getting the next deal or underwriting the next deal or whatever, then I think it's, it, it, like you said, it's kind of a no brainer. Okay. How much time is this taking you to? Because you've mentioned research of the area. You've mentioned research of the neighborhood, the architecture, the specific design of the house. And then you mentioned specifics down to the level of clickable, you know, essentially like a punch list for the materials. Right. So like uh, in general, how much time is this taking you? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't, no, 100% off the top of my head. I know that we, every time we do it, we continue to get better, right? So I've got, uh, you know, 90% of the time, I'm going to specify the same quick set door hardware for every house uh, because I know it's it's typically always in stock on Amazon. It uh, is affordable, but it's durable and it, it's just a good doorknob, right? So we put it in the majority of the homes we do, usually in matte black, but there's a couple other colors available as well. So in my in my spreadsheet template, like that's already plugged in for the doorknobs. And then if we need to adjust that, we can. Um, so I've got some kind of some repeat offenders or I've got, you know, a handful of LVP or a handful, uh, you know, of, of dining chandeliers that we're going to typically always use. Um, you know, for the most part, we're going to always paint the, the majority of the interior walls. One of, you know, maybe two or three colors of white by Sherwin Williams. Right. So it makes it easier when you're like batching things like that. And then really you can kind of hone in and, and you know, okay, really, I've just got to put a tile package together for this bathroom because we're going to use, you know, we're going to use one of these three vanities and these faucets, right? So we try to do something a little bit different in every house, but there is some carryover. Makes and sense. I'm, I'm actually in the process of, I've got some, uh, I've got some other folks, another agent, and then a, a person who's not licensed as well who really enjoy doing what I do as well. And so I'm actually in the process of building out a real estate team 
that is going to be able to continue to grow and scale this model and, and bring other folks in who are just as talented as me who can continue to kind of grow this side of the business. For sure. And for my two cents, I'm like, dude, you should actually charge for this. Like this is extra. This is not included in your, but you know what? That's only because I have flipped quite sure. a few and I am that person who has done agreeable gray and the, the, I'm like, okay, just because when you are an investor and when you're also an agent and you have a million different things going on, it's the last thing that you want to do. And to think about what color paint you're going to put on the wall. Well, and, and here's the deal, Shelby. You know this, right? I mean, you, uh, however many houses you've shown, right? Like agreeable gray paint, level one granite, white shaker cabinets, medium wood LVP. It's it's like a fastball right down the middle. You know, like 90% of home buyers, it's going to be fine with, right? They can go in and they can, you know, maybe their favorite color is hunter green and they want to paint their office hunter green, but they can do that after they close or whatever. You know, when the market was was just absolutely bananas, you could literally, you know, throw spaghetti on the wall and it would sell for $10,000 over asking price, right? So I think flippers historically have been able to get away with that because it, it it is so socially acceptable, right? But I think as the market continues to shift and evolve, what my investors have is an advantage because their stuff really pops, right? Like it really stands out against the competition. I mean, I've got one going live this Friday. It was uh, originally built in the early 2000s. It, it ended up, there was a fire damage to the house in like 2017, rebuilt by the insurance company, and then kind of sat empty for a while. So, so my investor bought it in 2023. He finished out the inside of, of the house. And everything in that neighborhood looks like a, a early 2000s traditional transitional kind of two-story vinyl house, right? Like it's like a vinyl village, HOA, all that whole deal, right? So all of these houses have like the dark wood floors and like the, those kind of like, uh, like off white colored, like distressed cabinets and granite. And like, that's what everything in the neighborhood looks like. Well, this house, we came in and we were able to do it and it really looks like, like studio McGee. So it's like whitewashed white oak floors throughout the house, bright white paint, lots of brass light fixtures, two tone cabinets, a really nice Carrera look quartz. And it looks, it looks like nothing else in the neighborhood. And so people are like beating down the door already because we're in coming soon because the pictures look so freaking good because if they tried to, if they tried to recreate that house in that neighborhood, they couldn't. So I, you know, I think moving forward, it's going to be that kind of design where you can really cater it to the buyer, cater it to the neighborhood, cater it to the style of house that's really going to stand out in the market. Yeah, it's, it's funny too because i remember with my investor hat on as a flipper i'm like well doing all those extra things and putting on the extra work isn't necessarily going to increase the value right but there is so much power in the desirability factor yes. and the wow factor and getting people excited and so real quick what is your what is the address so that way we can look it up it'll probably be closed by the time this comes out but maybe <laughs> we can <laughs> yes so it's it's it? 110 anchura a-N-C-H-U-R-A Road in Fort Mill, South Carolina. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And yep. so I'm like, I'm listening to this and I'm like, okay, I'm sold on this concept because going into this podcast, I already knew that listing was the way, you know, it's more leveraged, yep. all the things. Um, and, and I love design, hypothetically. I'm, this sounds like a perfect fit for me. My next question is where 
are you finding clients? Like we know a little bit about Wes <coughs> in the beginning with the socials, but like if yeah. I'm starting out, what do I do to find clients? Yeah, great question. So um, I'll tell you kind of the things that have worked for me, right? So uh, we have a very active uh, real estate investor community in Charlotte on Facebook. So um, so there's some private Facebook groups that a lot of investors are in. That's where a lot of deals get traded. It's where a lot of uh, contractor recommendations get made. I mean, it really is a really strong community. And I'm sure wherever you're listening from, if you're listening to this from another market, you probably have the same style community in your market if you looked hard enough. And, and there's a lot of agents in the investor groups in Charlotte anyway. Um, but I, I just, I started regularly posting in there. I started networking with people in there. I started posting, I would drop photos of some work that we had done. And people would be like, oh my God, where's that light fixture from? Oh, that looks so sick, whatever. And it's like a hype machine, right? Like you just start, you know, when you have a listing photo and it's like the money shot of listing photos where you can like, everything's like perfect, you know, you know, when you get a good listing photo back. So I would drop those in there and people would, would lose their minds. Right. And so, uh, I'd be like, Hey, you like that? I can make your flip look like that. And they'd be like, no way. Yeah. Like, because the reality Shelby is like paint costs, what paint costs at Sherwin Williams, whether you buy agreeable gray or another color, right. Tile costs, you know, two to $4 a square foot, whether you buy the same thing that everybody else buys at Lowe's or whether you go to somewhere else and pick out like a really cool tile pattern. So I'm not really costing my investors a ton more money. They're going to buy the same materials they would buy if they bought them themselves. In fact, if you buy stuff off of Amazon or Wayfair or whatever with trade discounts and all that stuff, a lot of times you can get it cheaper than Lowe's or Home Depot. Um, and so I was like, Hey, do you want to, you want me to save you some money and make your house look better than if you went and picked it out? And they're like, yeah, I was like, all right, cool. Let's grab coffee. So then it's just a lot of networking, a lot of going to meetups, um, a lot of, uh, just getting out and, and, and really finding investors. And then when I was a new agent, what I would do, you know, if I, if I was struggling to get listings or struggling to get, uh, you know, buyers or whatever, I would go, I would find really well-designed listings. And, and it didn't even have to be high price point. You know, you just know when a listing looks good. And then I would reach out to the listing agent and be like, Hey, can I come shoot some content, in, you know, at, at your listing? And they're like, yeah, sure. Like, cause who doesn't love free marketing? Right. So then I would literally film myself on Facebook live or Instagram, you know, shooting a reel or, or stories or whatever. And I would walk around the house and be like, Hey, if you're designing a house, you should think about putting the shower valve on this side of the shower because you can cut it on when you walk in. And I would just add tremendous value. And then people, people would respond to my DM and they'd be like, Hey, you're like, you're really good at this. Can we get together and chat? It's like, you knew I was going to ask that question because I'm always thinking of someone who's listening. Right. And when you're like, yeah, well, I just take some of the awesome projects I've done before and share them in this, you know, Facebook group. I'm thinking, well, I haven't done any projects before. Right. What if you don't don't have any projects? Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's genius where you go to well-designed listings and and do content creation there. That's really smart. Yeah. My my other question listening to this is that I have, you know, I think there are a ton of people who want to invest out there. Like I don't think there's a shortage of people who want to do flips. The problem that I could see is that most people want to do flips, but they don't have deals. So yep. how are you finding the investors who have the deals to work with. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, so it's a, it's a very real problem, you know, it, uh, I, well, I think, so I think people don't flip for a couple of reasons, right? Number one, uh, they love the idea of it, but the execution is just like completely overwhelming. Uh, I mean, I, I had a, I spoke in a meetup a while back in Charlotte and a girl literally came up to me <laughs> after the meetup and she was like, Hey, I just closed on my first flip in Gastonia. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. What's your question? And she was like, yeah, what do I do next? And I'm like, Oh, uh, well, you should, you should find a contractor, <laughs> you know, like, uh, so I, I think people just legitimately don't know. And, and that's another thing that I've tried to do is educate. I mean, you and I both, like, if you went through your contacts, you probably got people sitting on the sidelines who would love to flip and, and who could potentially afford to flip. They just don't know how to get started. So I've tried to position myself because I'm an investor and an agent, I've tried to position myself as an educator for folks who have always loved the idea of fix and flipping, but they just don't know where to start. Right. So I think people don't, people don't start because the, the, the process is overwhelming. If they, if you don't know where to start, I think they can't, they don't know. They think they have to have a, you know, $200,000 in a checking account to, to flip a house. Cause they want, they think they have to buy cash. And that's where I get to educate them on lending options and connect them with lenders and, you know, hard money lenders, private money lenders, conventional lenders, all of that, right? Or number three, like you said, they don't know how to find the deal. And so for me, again, as an agent who also sits on on the line of like being an investor, I get a ton of off-market deals that come across my inbox every single day. And most realtors in this market don't have access to that deal flow because they just haven't networked with enough wholesalers, with enough investors who are trying to pass along deals and i'm in a really good spot right like we we get not an exaggeration i probably get 30 deals a day sent to me now deals right so are they really deals you know a I don't magic know. question right <laughs> you gotta te- you, you know you gotta teach people how to underwrite you gotta ask people what they're really looking for um wes uh, has actually implemented, he's trained some VAs to underwrite all of his deals before they ever cross the fence, uh, to, to, to end up in his inbox, right? Because he, he was just getting bombarded with deals, right? So I'm able to see a lot of that to have access to, to that, uh, that CRM. And so I know that if, you know, if, if it's maybe not a deal for this investor, but this investor has a smaller, you know, minimum profit margin, or they're, you know, they're more bullish on this zip code or this county or whatever, uh, I've positioned myself where I, I get a lot of deal flow and can find folks properties off market as well as obviously utilizing the MLS. And then the other thing is just educating people on the front end of like, Hey, what are you really looking for? Well, I don't know. I just want to flip a house and make some money. And it's like, well, that's really broad <laughs> and really so vague. And we got to yeah. dial it in because if I, you know, if I told you that I found a flip and you can make, $5,000 on it and it's an hour away from you, that's a terrible deal. You should not buy that. Right. So like, let's talk about really and truly what you want to buy and why. And then again, I'm able to educate, like, you know, you know, you may want to start with a deal built after 1980 because you are likely not going to have to full gut it because the, the wirings and the electrical is probably going to be okay. And then that's able to, to kind of shape and, and help these investors really understand and dial in what they want. Real quick, as you likely know, the 2024 Real Estate Rockstars Mastermind is sold out. 
not. But if one of your preferred vendors is looking for marketing opportunities, we are looking for sponsors. We would love to get their name and business out to 80 highly motivated real estate agents from across the country. Know someone who'd be interested? Go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com and shoot us a quick email for more information. Thanks so much. Back to the show. Yeah. And I think, I think you said a really good point from the beginning is like, um, when you dialed in with Wes and you're, you're dialing in with people who already have deal flow. Like if you're listening out there and, you know, finding deals is, is hard, you know, even, even if you are on these wholesale lists, because exactly like Jordan said, it's like when the deals come in, they're quote unquote deals, but you know, nine out of 10 probably aren't. So I'm thinking that if I were to do this strategy of yours, I would probably, especially if I had the skill set that you have, which is the design piece of the puzzle, um, I might look for investors at this meetup or on, you know, at meetups or on the Facebook groups, just like you mentioned, who are already doing it. And then because of the value proposition that you have, you could present yourself as that additional, hey, you know, this is a piece of leverage that I could take off your plate. And essentially, it's free to you because yeah. it's the exact same commission. So I, I'm just thinking, I'm, I always try to brainstorm, like, if I were to implement, how would, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's great. I have a question about tools and systems. Yep. So you have talked about a spreadsheet. You've talked yep. about, you know, design. What tools or systems do you use in your business? Yeah, I, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm not a I'm not a tools and systems guy. Gotcha. Um, no, I mean, I, you know, again, I, I the entire reason that I built my business the way I built my business is because I'm a creative and I love to design. Like, really and truly, Shelby, I I got licensed and I got like I was so naive. I, I think everybody's probably like this when they get started. But I was like, you know what? I know a lot of people that really like me and. They got to buy a house or sell a house at some point. And darn it, they're probably going to call me if they just know that I'm an agent because they really like me. Well, yeah, guess what? They also really like and know 12 other real estate agents who, by the way, have all been in the game longer than me. So I started trying to work my sphere and you know try to work Facebook Messenger and, and contacts and all this stuff. And I started showing some houses to people. and and. I did a couple of listings for friends of mine and I, you know, this is probably going to offend somebody, but like I, general brokerage sucks. Like I hate traditional buyers and sellers. And I, if that's your thing as an agent, like that's awesome. Like I double down on that, keep killing it. But for me, I wanted to claw my eyes out every day if I was working with normal buyers and sellers. And so I really had to take a step back and I had to say, okay, if I could build my business around, one specialty, right? What would it be? And the thing I love to do is I'm a creative. I love to design houses. I know that's super weird and I'm probably not the prototype of what you think of when you think of an interior designer. If you're, if you're listening to the podcast and not watching on YouTube, I'm about six, two and really hairy and I have a big beard and I am not what most people think of when when they think of interior designer, but here we are. And it's a great it's, beard, and it's it's working. It's a fantastic beard. You guys uh, should go to YouTube. Yeah, just to you look. should go to YouTube <laughs> just to see the beard. Um, but that's you know that's what I love, and so I, I that's what if I could structure my life, that's what I would do all day. And I know that's really weird, but it, it's what it is for me, right? So uh, 
all that to say, I, I, I spend a good bit of, of time every day, even as I'm moving around, right? If I'm having to run to Florida decor to pick out a tile for a guy, I'm walking through Florida decor and I'm taking pictures of other tile selections that I know I could use in an upcoming property or that I could put a package together and just kind of like have it in the hopper, um, you know, for a house that comes along and, oh, this would make a great primary bathroom, right? Um, so I'm always like spinning like that and making notes and, you know, and, and, and cataloging stuff like that. Again, a lot of it's like really just in the notes app on my phone and photos, because I think the most valuable tool is the one that you have, that you have with you all the time. And my iPhone never leaves my side. Um, but, you know, and, and then, like you said, we got the spreadsheet, we've got the mood board template, right. And you, and you just go in and, and change out this light fixture for this new light fixture, um, and, and I've tried to really streamline and my, my wife is great. She runs a, a, a home design website. And so she is very organized. I am not. So she's helped me like put these mood board templates together and, and put this spreadsheet together and uh, all of that kind of stuff so that I'm able to, to work as little on that kind of stuff as possible. Um, but other than that, like really and truly, uh, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I do a lot of flying by the seat of my pants. That's okay. And you are definitely not alone. There's a lot of um, systems and organization lacking in the real yes. estate industry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the, the cool thing that you did is you were able to think, take a step back before you even got <clears throat> in, you know, really deep and potentially didn't like at all what you're doing, even more than what you just said. Um, you're able to pull back and think about like, what do I enjoy and what, what things am I obsessed with that right. would set me apart within this industry? Because we've all heard that the riches are in the niches. Yep. So your, your obsession led to a really cool niche that I bet you have a lot of fun doing. It's so fun. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait to wake up and go to work every day. Okay, so Jordan, looking ahead, you already did a little teaser about a team yep. coming. Hit us with what the future holds. Yeah, so um, I, because of, again, because of the the, the two worlds that I straddle, uh, I think there's a huge need for really what I call a comprehensive real estate company, right? So uh, I've got investors who, you know, are working direct to seller. They've got off-market leads. They've got off-market deal flow. They've got sellers who would make a great retail listing, but they don't have a license because they can't, so they can't list it, but the seller wants too much money for their house. So now this is kind of a dead lead to them. Uh, we've essentially got a construction company between all the subs that, that I have experience working with, with these investors. And then we've got a design company, right? And so I think there's this massive uh, gap, at least in our market of a comprehensive real estate company, right? So I'm in the process of, um, and, and very early in the process, so don't get, <laughs> don't get too crazy excited, but, uh, very early you know in the I process. Am. I'm so excited. I know, you're like so pumped, <laughs> right? Um, I am. but I, I'm bringing somebody in who is a really good team builder. They've, they've run teams for, for larger, uh, brokerages in this market. And, um, she's going to help me, but we're, we're, we're building out a team, right? that I think is going to be attractive to agents uh, because it is kind of a one-stop shop. So, uh, you know, as a comprehensive real estate company, can we, can we buy and can we list, you know, normal houses? Absolutely. 
Additionally, because we've got investors, we can take cash offers into listing appointments, right? Or we've got uh, opportunities for buyers who may not be able to traditionally qualify for a mortgage, but could get into a seller finance or lease option deal. Uh, we've also got design services. So if somebody wants to renovate their house before they list it so that they can get maximum dollar for their for their listing, we've got the design and we've got the contractors to implement that so that you as a solo agent aren't having to run around and call 12 flooring guys to come put LVP in a house and keep having to go to this house and the LVP guy never shows up and you look like a buffoon in front of your lip. You know, it's, it's hard as a solo agent who doesn't live in this world to manage contractors and to pick design selections out and to, you know, to try to find a stager that, that, you know, that vibes with the house and all this stuff. So by bringing that all together uh, as this comprehensive solution, I think that's going to be a really attractive toolbox for agents who maybe want something outside of the traditional, uh, you know, buying and selling. So that's the goal right now is we're building out kind of all of these tools so that then we can recruit agents to be a part of a team that has access to it. Um, and then hopefully we'll just take over the world. So, yeah, world domination, obviously. Obviously, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Your vision sounds very cool. Um, anything that we missed, like someone out there is like, I want to do what Jordan is doing. What is the piece of advice that they need to hear from you? Yeah. So here's what I tell people all the time. Um, just because it works for me doesn't mean it needs to work for you. Right. So, uh, you said the you said the riches is in the niches. I like to quote Rihanna. I say niche better have my money, whatever, however you want to chop it up. Right. <laughs> if you can, if you can niche or niche down as an agent, I think you can make a really great life for yourself. But just because somebody else works in niche doesn't mean you need to do that. Right. So everybody comes to me and they're like, Oh my God, I want to do what you do. How do I do it? And I'm like, well, why do you want to do what I do? And they're like, well, cause you know, like you're doing really great at it. I'm like, yeah, but I'm me and you're you. So don't, don't pursue what I'm doing just because you think it sounds cool. Like if it's legitimately what you're passionate about, then absolutely go after it. But maybe you're passionate about dogs and maybe you want to brand yourself as the dog's realtor, right? And maybe everything that you go after is, is dogs and dog lovers. And you're, you take listing appointments at the dog park and let the dog run around and your closing gift is a dog care about whatever your whatever your niche is, figure out what you're passionate about, like what really fuels you and makes you giddy to get up. And then how does that overlay with real estate and how can you make really good money doing that? And I think if you can do that, then darn it, you might work really hard. I mean, I work, my wife tells me all the time, I'm a workaholic. Like I work nonstop, but it's because it's so freaking fun. Like when my brain idles, it's idling about work but it's not draining because it's what I love to do. And so I, you know, my biggest takeaway, I think for anybody listening to this is maybe that's designed for you. Maybe it's not, but whatever it is, like really wrestle that to the ground and and flesh that out and figure it out. And then just figure out how real estate, you know, overlays with that, because whatever you're excited about, there are other people excited about it and they also have to buy and sell houses. So figure that out, figure out how you can add value to their life because you're, you're going to mesh with them anyway, because you're passionate about the same stuff. And then just I, go all in on that. And I think if you can do that, you can make a really great life for yourself. You can make good money, but more important, like when you lay your head down at night, you're happy. And uh, so that's what I tell everybody who, who, who wants to figure out how to do what I do is like, if it's what, if it's what I do, awesome. If it's not, that's cool too, but just find what fuels you and, and, and fills you up 
and just do that. I think that's really good advice. And I know that I struggled with that though for a while where, you know, people would say, well, just do what is right for you. Just do what feels right. Feel, do whatever you're passionate about. And I'm like sitting there, you know, in my younger years being like, well, I have no idea what I'm passionate. I don't even know what I like. So if yeah. you are like younger, Shelby, um, what worked for me, whether or not it works for you is to go out and try a bunch of things. Because yep. if the more things you experiment, the more people you talk to, putting yourself out into the universe physically, but also listening to books and podcasts and following Jordan online, then you can have a sense of what that life might be like. And then you can reflect on whether that might be the right step for you. And sometimes yep. you don't know until you go out and give it a shot. Um, but yeah, great advice. And Jordan, where can people go to hang out with you more, to find more from you? Yeah, so I am most active on Instagram. That's where you can find me. My handle is uh, Jordan Smith SC, like South Carolina. Um, and that's kind of where I live my day-to-day life. You'll get to see some behind, behind the scenes of projects. Uh, you'll get to see uh, my crazy kids running around being ridiculous. Uh, probably a gratuitous amount of rap music and, uh, and some really good beard shots. So uh, follow, me on, <laughs> follow me on Instagram. Dude, that's a dream come true. Immediate follow. And also, yeah, listeners, if you also have, you know, maybe flipper referrals, friends, or maybe you want to flip within this area, hit up Jordan on his Instagram handle. And if you want to hang out with me and the owner of the show, guys, we are The Shelby Show and Aaron Amugasteki on the gram. Always looking for feedback on how we can improve and who you want on the show. On side note, if you are an experienced investor, Aaron is hosting an event in Austin this September, the 28th through the 29th. So for more information, go to his Instagram bio or investordeepdive.com. And otherwise, that's all we have for today. Jordan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Shelby, thanks for having me. It was super fun. Cool. Perfect. Uh, Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.